Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Jonathan Dyke. Jesus, we want to thank you that you have breath for our bones. And whatever your bones feel like right now, Jesus wants to breathe into them. If you're feeling weary, His breath will strengthen you. If you're feeling tired and fed up, His breath will revive you. If you're feeling sick, His breath will heal you. If you're feeling isolated, His breath will take ownership of you. If you're feeling left out, His breath will put you in. His breath is His presence. Father, I pray right now this morning for any of us this morning, however well we know you or however well we do not know you, your breath, your love, your fire wants to fill our lungs. Just really naturally and supernaturally, both at the same time. And Lord, as we kind of breathe in you this morning, change our lives. Bring the release that you want us to have and the freedom that you paid for us to live in. And I thank you and I praise you in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. As you sit down, just notice someone to say, good morning. It's great to see you. It's great to see some new faces. Thanks, guys. You guys are amazing. It's good to see some new faces as well. If you're here for the first time this morning, you're really welcome. Uh, my name is Jonathan and I lead the congregation here with an amazing team of people. Whoop, whoop. It's great. Awesome. You're having a good time? You okay? We have... Um, uh, a family who, uh, the, the wife, Esther, is part of our Bible school. And she actually lives in Kingston-on-Thames. I was going to say Kingston-on-Hull, but that's even further away. Uh, Kingston-on-Thames. But they, they've driven all the way down here today to be with us. So let's just thank the Lord for that. It's good to have you here with us. Amen. I don't speak Korean, so hopefully someone's translated it for me. Um, I don't know about your week. This week for, for me uh, and for many of us that have kind of been spending a bit of extra time kind of praying and giving God some space has been a, a, a yet another incredible kind of week. And I just want to reinforce what we've been doing as church from the 5th of January. Uh, God kind of called us as a, uh, as a church, as four congregations, all to, 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 to kind of fast something. And fasting can sound really terrible. Until you understand the benefits of fasting. Uh, so here's a potted version of my theology of fasting. What we feed on, we grow into. What we feed on grows. Uh, if we feed on a lot of social network, we grow into that. If we feed on uh, lots of kind of visual stimulus, then we grow into that. If we just feed on food, like too much or too little, we grow in that. And fasting is about cutting off some of the things that maybe have fed us so that we can grow a little bit more in God instead. So fasting is not a religious duty. Jesus actually said when you fast, not if you fast. 
So my understanding as a Christian, I've given my life to Jesus, is that he wants me to live a fasted lifestyle. So I don't depend on the things or the same things that I used to depend on when I wasn't a Christian. Does that make some sense to anybody apart from me? So fasting actually is a lifestyle. It's not a chore. So for 21 days, uh, right up until yesterday, we've been kind of doing different kind of fasts. Some of it's been social media. Some of it's been sleep. Some of it's been coffee. And you know those guys because they're always, they're, they're really annoying. After a week, they're just annoying because I've not had coffee for a week and they're just annoying. It's like, just calm down. Uh, calm down. After two weeks, they're, they're paranoid. And then after three weeks, they just go all quiet and sit in the room and, and whatever. So they're the people that haven't drunk coffee. People that haven't drunk tea. You're just brilliant people. That's amazing. But then who... I wouldn't drink tea either, so for me that's easy. Other people that have been fasting sleep, uh, they're like the ones that are shivering here, but you have to just push them because they snore. They're the ones that have been... But it's what God has been doing instead. Instead of spending those hours you know, watching rubbish on the TV or just spending a thousand hours a week, whatever it is that people spend on on social media and Snapchat and FaceChat and YouChat and WeChat and all this kind of chat. Uh, I have told you about my combination theory, haven't I, about if you combine Facebook, Twitter and um, is it uh, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, no, no YouTube, what was it? Facebook, Twitter, no, something else. That's it. If you put all those together, you end up with you twit face. Uh, and I think that's quite good. That's it. Well done. You remember. Matthew was listening in that lecture. Good boy. So in that time, we've also been spending some extra time to pray on our own during the night. There's been a lot of people praying through the night, fasting some sleep. That's one of the things that the Lord's asked me to do, which has been brilliant. Um, now it's been brilliant. But it's never been brilliant at the time. But the value has always outweighed the cost, if I can make, make a bit of it that way. Um, but also, we've had some times to meet together as church. And uh, last Wednesday here, we had 40-plus people turned up. And we had another extremely powerful time in this room with God. And I don't know what your experiences of God have been. They might have been nothing. Uh, they might have been everything. I have no idea. All I know is that God wants to, uh, us to experience Him more and more, not less than this. But he also wants us to experience him in a real way. In a real way that, like we've sung, he, his breath becomes part of our lifestyle. And last Wednesday, there was a tremendous just presence of God in this room. And he was speaking, he was healing people. People came up afterwards and said, you know, I felt the fire of God in my body. And, you know, I had this condition and now I haven't got it. But that's, how, that's God. God doesn't reserve that just for a Wednesday night. He actually wants to come and feed the hungry. He wants to come and feed the thirsty. So if you're hungry on the inside after the things of God, God's going to satisfy you today. If you're thirsty, if there's a longing, if it feels like you're a bit dry up on the inside or you're kind of wandering through the barrenness of life, Jesus wants to release something fresh to you today. As we were praying this morning, God is amazing at transforming dust into rivers. He's just really good at that. So you might feel a little bit dusty. You might feel a little bit dried out or worn out. Well, God wants to refresh you today. He wants to fill you afresh with his love and his life. So we've been meeting up with Encounters. And then um, we, we opened up one of our buildings on a Friday night from 11 p.m. to 6 a.m. 
night watches, just meeting with the Lord, praying, just time, times of encountering the Lord during those different times of the day. But how many of you know that God is the same at two in the morning as he is at two in the afternoon? But it's just that we're not. Have you noticed that? Have you, have you noticed that? Have you noticed for some of you, you're more alive, hopefully, at 2 p.m. than you are at 2 a.m.? No, you've not noticed that. Okay. Um, most, most of the people that come to our Bible school realize that there are two six o'clock every day. Because usually they think there's only one and it's in the afternoon. But we help them realize there's two, one's in the morning. And they get a revelation. Don't you, Hannah? Just say yes. Okay, she weren't listening. So well done. So, but the, these part, part of these 21 days of prayer and fasting is that we, you know, we've been coming to God and God has been speaking, God has been moving, God has been touching many, many lives. But also it's a launch pad for the rest of the year. So the whole prayer and fasting doesn't stop yesterday, it just goes to another level. And certainly for me, I, there are some, certain things that God has spoken to me, shown me in the last three weeks, that I want to build on those things. But I'm not going to build on them by doing loads of things. I'm going to build on them by doing what God is asking me to do. All right. What, what, the first one is about law. The second one is about grace. And it may be that you're really used to living under law. You do that and that happens. But actually, when you realize that we can't do anything with the law, everything is given to us, even though we deserve nothing at all, that's grace. All right. So what I'm about to say, please, you find your own way in it. Um, but these, these Friday nights that we've been running for the last three weeks, we're going to be doing those every month in Horsham from the 21st of February for the rest of this year, which is cool. It's really exciting if you live in Horsham, which is why we're also going to be doing them here. So we're working on, actually the lady, she can't hear me, um, but the chief executive officer of this facility and Chichester Campus is one of my friends and they've actually come into work this morning. Yes, so I've had a chat with, with her. So we're working together to open up this facility to have a monthly Friday night night watch. Which is going to be cool, right? However, that's not just so we can say to God and say, oh, we've done that now. It's actually because we know God wants to use that space to do more in our lives and through our lives. Does that make some sense to anybody here? So we're working on that. We're going to try and get something set up for March time. And it's going to be really exciting. The guys that I work with on the leadership team, pretty much all of last year, were getting a sense that the encounter kind of dynamic, which we had here Wednesday, where there's just praise and worship and presence and people coming and just meeting with Jesus and he's touching their lives and then touching lives through their lives, which is really the key, isn't it? I don't know about you, but... I, I'm pretty sure Jesus never said, I've come that you would have meetings and meetings in abundance. I'm pretty sure he never said that. So, he did, no, he didn't say that. So one of the things which, which we just need to be really wise in is that why, why do we encounter God? Why do we read our Bible? Why do we pray? Why do we go out and witness? It's not for my benefit. It's for their sake, actually. Uh, because if you've given your life to Jesus, then you're saved. Man, you, man, you've got a destiny coming. And it's a brilliant one. You're going to spend eternity living where God is. If you haven't given your life to Jesus, you're going to spend your destiny living where God isn't. I don't know about you, but I know where I want to be. I want to be living eternally forever where God is. Come on. That was good, wasn't it? Put it there, birthday boy. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right then. <laughs> Scissors next. <laughs> so, um, in terms of encountering God, it's just been powerful. And um, so, we're going to continue those here. And we'll, we'll give you more details when we've got them. Because in a minute, it's just this is what we believe we should be doing. Uh, some of you I know have been kind of praying through the night anyway. We've got some guys that do that. God's been kind of waking them up and saying, just spend some time with me. And they've been doing that. And as they've been doing that, God has been moving and speaking. And I'm excited. We're excited. But there's a reason. And I think if I can just take a, a step back on, you know, why, not just what have we been doing, but why have we been doing it, then, uh, then as a leadership, we believe it's been very strategic. Uh, we had this picture last week of... Um, uh, a girl, I think she's 19, um, she was actually was out at university and she on a Thursday night, God spoke to her and said, can you draw this picture? Which she'd never ever drawn before. And then we ended up with this am amazing picture which we showed last week of this full four rig um, kind of cargo fighting warship looking thing on exactly the same night, exactly the same night, as far as we know, within the same half an hour, certainly, where God was speaking to 250 people you are going to be a warship. You guys, Emily, I tell you, that was like inspired. So this thing is just a, just a simple, I mean, simple to them. For me, it's like, oh, really? Um, a simple drawing. But God gave this, this young lady about this is, this is what church looks like. It's a warship. And God wants just to you, to, for you to know, maybe you don't know this, but that you have a purpose in life. And the purpose in life is to hold formation. Because uh, I was saying last, last week that in 1588, when 130 Spanish ships and a few other ones with 30,000 soldiers on them were about to invade just down the coast here, six fire ships, six British ships totally destroyed them. Caused chaos in them, and they never landed on English soil. Oh, that's quite good, otherwise we'd all be speaking Spanish. And that's what I said last week. Yeah, ole. Hola, buenos dias. Check you out. That's because you live on the Isle of Wight, so it's closer. Um, but the point is, is that God is saying to you and to me, that church is like a warship. And this 21 days of prayer and fasting, again, as far as we kind of perceive it from God, has been a time when this warship has been put into dry dock. And God has very graciously been dealing with the mast, which we have seen is the word of God. Do we believe what God has said? Do we believe who God is? Do we believe that we are, you are, who God says you are? Do we believe, me and you, do we believe that I have what God says I have? And do you and I believe that we can do what God says we can do? Not in the future, but in the now. So God's rewritten the beginning of the story. The story used to be once upon a time or in one day, one day God will move and then you'll move. God will do this and then you'll do this. But God is saying, actually, today is that day. Today, God wants to fill you and bless you and heal you. Today, God wants to fill you with his power. The Bible calls that the Holy Spirit. Today, God wants you to know the love of God is real and it's genuine. Today, God wants to make you new. 
Today, God wants to bring you into freedom. Today, God wants to bring you into relationship with him and with others. It's not tomorrow, it's today. So part of this 21 days of fasting, certainly for me and many people I've been chatting to, is that we've just realized the days. Today counts. This day really matters. And the things that I thought we could put off, God is saying, don't put them off. Put me on. That was cool. Is don't put them off, put God on. So I don't know about some of you that have been praying and fasting, whatever, but God has been putting the mast in, in place. It's, it's tall, it's stable, it's solid, it's sound. There's no splinters in it, there's no cracks in it, but it can take what's coming. And what's coming is the rigging and the sails. Sorry, got the picture back up. The rigging and the sails, because most of you would know what a rigging and sails looks like. But what you may not understand is that you have to steer the sails. Back in these days, you had people sitting on the, these cross members, making sure that they were tight at the right time, up, down, whatever. It wasn't just that they were up and then they were down, but you had people who were on the rigging. And they supported the mast, but also they made sure that when the wind was blowing, they caught every bit of the wind. And as we were sharing this at a leadership meeting, I think on Friday, I can't remember, is, is, is a comment that I made is that the most dangerous ship like this is a stationary one. You don't want to be stationary in a ship like this. Because when you stand still, you lose direction. You can't steer one of these in what's called the doldrums. We have to have some forward movement. We have to catch the wind of the Holy Spirit. We have to hear what God is saying today. Even if it just feels like we're, we're just staggering, at least you can move. You can steer a moving vessel. You cannot steer a stationary one. Particularly with the prevailing winds of the world, we need to know that we're catching the wind of God, the wind of the Holy Spirit. It's not just filling our breath, but it's filling our church life. It's filling our small groups that you've heard about, and you'll be hearing a lot more about those over the next few weeks. So God has been dealing with the rigging, which is basically, what is it? It's our decisions and it's our choices. I don't know about you, but I'm learning more and more and more that when I thought I was living totally for God, I wasn't. And the way that God reminded me that I wasn't is that it reminded me that he was. When I was saying to God, yes, I give everything to you, I realized that I wasn't, but I only realized that when he reminded me he'd given everything for me. And it's not that God came and said, you, you're an idiot, you've only given me this and you've said that. God came and said, I've given you everything. Everything I have is yours. What? Everything I have is yours. But I'm only giving you that. And he said, well, change it then. But he's not going to say change it first without showing you what he's offering. And that's the wonderful thing about the love of God. Come on. Once you know, once you've experienced the reality of the love of Jesus, it doesn't matter what you give him. It's always less than he's already given us. And I think that's powerful. Then there's other things around the boat. There's the deck. The deck where... You know, where people work and they serve and they're sorting stuff out. What's the decks about? Well, God's been cleaning the decks, making us holy, a little bit more God-aware, if I can put it that way. Holiness is a funny word. It, it means all kinds of funny things to some people and nothing to others. What is holiness? It means I want to live for God and not for me. That's really what holiness means, is I'm going to live for God and not for me. And God has been washing the decks of this ship, this warship, this boat, and saying, actually, when you live for me, things don't stick. 
when you live for me, uh, anger doesn't stick. Being afraid doesn't stick. Being annoyed doesn't stick. It might come on the deck, but it slips off the deck. doesn't mean that the ship doesn't th- pass through those things. It's just it doesn't stick. Because the presence of, the go- of God, yes, it restores and refreshes, but it also protects. So this, this um, uh, dry dock has been a time to sort the mast out. What's upright? So that the rigging is secure. The sails are secure. There's no rips or tears in it. God wants you and I to live complete, whole, whole. Then there's the hull, which is the bit that floats on the water. And there's two parts to the hull, aren't there? The bit that you see, the bit you don't see. That's not too technical, is it? Is that okay for everybody? There's the bit that you can see and the bit that you can't see. And that that kind of means two things. One is the bit that we see. You, you You can't hide those things. Everybody sees that. Everybody knows what's going on in our lives. If we really want to live as a warship, which is why small groups are so much fun. Because we only really find out who we really are when we have to be who we are with somebody else. Did I say that right? I think so. We only really know who we are when we live for somebody else who also wants to know who they really are. We call it small group. But then there's the other bit of the whole, the bit that we don't think anybody can see. But God sees it, doesn't he? The bit under the water line. And actually that bit can be the bit that slows us down. You know that, don't you? If you don't have a smooth bottom, (laughs) sorry, please take that the right way. If you don't have a smooth bottom, take that thought captive. Then, Then we have a drag factor and we don't sail through the water efficiently. You've got barnacles growing, unforgiveness. If you've got bits of coral stuck on it or just bits of wood stuck on it where there's maybe a sense of rejection or fear. All of that stuff not only slows us down but also affects our direction. You can tell I have done sailing for a long time. But all these things happen over time and sometimes we just don't know they're happening. The only time that we know we're happening is when we go into dry dock or we compare another one like this. And they just seem to be a bit faster. Seem to be a bit sharper. Seem to just be able to get there a bit quicker than us. And we have to say, okay, Lord, change me. Yeah? So this 21 days of prayer and fasting has been like getting this whole boat out and doing a thorough overhaul. Come on, check me out. I tell you, this has got what, what the Bible would call a bit of prophetic edge about it. All right? Because I, I haven't used any notes yet, you might be pleased to know. But I'm using a picture. (laughs) So then there's the keel. The keel, not so much with these, but with modern ones, you definitely don't see that, but there's a lot of weight in that. It moves the center of gravity from the boat to a natural, to a subnatural level. So if it, some, some modern boats, the racing ones, can tip over beyond 45 degrees and then come back up again. Try it. Even if you try to do it yourself. Go at 45 degrees. You're more likely to fall over than to stand back up because we're not weebles. Do you remember weebles? Yeah, I, weebles wobble, but we don't fall down. Do you, you remember those? Some of you don't remember it. Some of you are choosing to forget it. I can tell. I'm going to move on quickly. But the keel has weight in it. It's got ballast in it. You don't see it at all. But if it was broken, 
we'd tip over really quickly. We wouldn't be able to sustain the, the forces and the winds that are out in the world. We'd just be constantly believing Jesus on a Sunday and failing Jesus on a Monday. And staying there. Not realising that God can pick us up. We'd be saying, yeah, oh, Jesus, I love you on a Sunday. And then forgetting we do on a Monday and thinking, oh, God doesn't love me. But without a keel in place, keel brings stability. It brings resilience. Say resilience. Resilience, I believe, is a word that worship people have. You've got to have a spiritual resilience, that part of your spiritual life that just refuses to quit and let go. Come on now. It doesn't mean that we don't get tipped like this. And sometimes, I mean, sometimes I've been in boats. We've got a really big window, as big as this one. And you've seen the sea at the top of it, then at the bottom of it. Then at the top of it, then at the bottom of it. Lovely. It might just be you and me to say that. But you understand what I'm saying? Because life can be like that. It's not just on a mill pond. There's, a, there's a spiritual forces out there that want to drown you. They don't want you to cross over. They want to drown you halfway. So the keel, and I believe the keel is around two things. How I relate to God and how I relate to you. I'm not going to quit on God. Oh, he's like the new microphone. Steve said last week, go and buy one of those microphones. So I did. Is it nice? Thank you. I, you're right. Well done. That's why I was on the formation degree course, because it's just a microphone. It, it's true. But it follows my head around. <laughs> but this keel, I believe, is based on two factors. One is... Just me resolving in my own heart, God loves me. And he wants a relationship with me. But without defining what that looks like. Just coming to a place in my own heart where I just settle the issue, God believes in me. But I don't know what it's going to look like. He loves me, and I don't know what that's going to look like. And he believes in me, and I don't know what it's going to look like. And the second aspect is that you love me. And you believe in me. Now, I'm not, okay, apologies for using me, but you get that. Is that we have that within one another. That whatever kind of day we've had or haven't had, we still love them. Whatever kind of day we've had, whether we've been... Plowing through at 40 knots with full rigging and all the guns are out. Whether we've been doing that, or whether we've just been mopping down the deck all day and it feels like I'm working like blooming it, is that we still believe in each other. Do you understand that? And this, I believe, is part of what we must have because the whole reason for putting boats like this into dry dock, any boat, particularly a warship, is so that we can set a sail into the deep waters of God. We're not designed to stay dry. We're not designed to stay clean. We're not designed to stay out of the wind. We're actually designed to be in the full force. Out there, pushing through. Pushing through into the new things of God. So that people know who Jesus is. 
That was good, but I'm not going to use that again. That was amazing. <laughs> Praise and worship is good. I like that. So going forward, I've already mentioned that we're going to continue to have encounters. They will change in what they look like, but we'll be praying about that. But there's going to be opportunities to keep pushing through, keep meeting with God, keep responding to God in that moment because it changes the next moment. We're also going to be looking at these nights of prayer, these night watches, where there's all kinds of, all kinds of ungodly stuff happens at night. It does, even if you're not aware of it. If you want to know where all the stuff that happens in your town, check it out at night time because that's when you'll see it. But there are night watches. There are certain things that God wants to release through the church, you and me praying at night. So this is, the, this is kind of this message this morning, whether you're here for the first time or you've been here for ages. This is a bit of a transition message from been in dry dock. It's been pretty safe. You know, God's been dealing with my mast, he's been dealing with my rigging, he's been dealing with my sails, he's been cleaning the deck of my life a little bit, he's been helping with the hull of it, he's been helping with the keel of it, but tomorrow we go out into the deep water, which is what the boat was designed for, actually. So, um, I'm going to read a scripture from Isaiah, a lot of scripture, Emily is there with the, with the go button. Um, before the prayer and fasting started, God gave me this, this bit of the Bible. It's a whole chapter, okay? So if you haven't got a Bible, it's fine. Um, the Bible really is written down what God thinks. So that we know what God thinks. We know what God thinks about him. We know what God thinks about you. We know what God thinks about others. But also it's got loads of God's action because of what he thinks in it. So we know what God does. All right. So the Bible is not about God's history. It's about my history. It's about your history. God existed and was before the Bible, and he will be after the Bible. God's always been who he is. But Isaiah 42, and I'm going to read the whole thing. So are you ready for that? Two of you are. I'm going to read it anyway. Hopefully everybody will just go with it. Because I believe that when we hear God's word, it does something to the inside of our life. All right, so expect God to do something to the inside of your life. Then when we've read this word, there's going to be an opportunity to respond together. Some of you will respond. Some of you already are. Because I'm bringing what is in God's heart right now for us. All right? So some of you will be already responding about what does that mean for me or what do I need to do? That's part of response. But then when we've done, we're going to, the kids are coming back at quarter past 11, which is why I'm looking at the clock. Because we're going to pray for everybody in the, in the whole church today. Everybody. I mean everybody. But also we're going to anoint you with oil. What's that mean? I'll explain what that means when we do it. But it means it will stop you going rusty. For one thing. All right, you ready? Pin back your ears. God is going to speak to you. Isaiah 42. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break. And a smouldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged. Till he establishes justice in Worthing and the area. <laughs> in his law, the islands, Isle of Wight, there you go. He will put their hope. This is verse 5. This is what God the Lord says. He who created the heavens and stretched them out. He spreads out the earth and all that comes out of it. Who gives breath to his people 
and life to those who walk in it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and I will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles. To open up the eyes of the blind, to free captives from prison and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. That's deep water. I am the Lord, that is my name and I will not give my glory to another or my praise to idols. See, the former things have taken place and new things I declare. Before they spring into being, I announce them to you. Sing to the Lord a new song. Praise and worship. His praise from the ends of the earth. You who go down to the sea and all that is in it, you islands and all who live in them, at the desert and its towns, raise their voices. Let the settlements where Kedar lives rejoice. Let the people of Selah sing for joy. Let them shout from the mountaintops. Let them give glory to the Lord and proclaim his praise in the islands. The Lord will march out like a mighty man, like a warrior. He will stir up his zeal. With a shout, he will raise the battle cry and will triumph over his enemies. For a long time, I've kept silent. I've been quiet and held myself back. But now, like a woman in childbirth, I cry, I gasp and pant. I will lay waste to the mountains and the hills and dry up all the vegetation. I will turn rivers into islands and dry up the pools. And I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Among unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. One of the key words that God has given us about this year is it's unprecedented. Never done before. Never been there before. Never been that person before. That's what this is talking about. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. Hear you deaf, verse 18. Look you blind and see. Etc, etc. But you've got the gist of this. What God has been saying right at the beginning of January is he wants to use you. He wants to use you. But the key, I think, is in verse 13. The Lord will march out like a mighty man. Like a warrior, he will stir up his zeal. And you can check that word out, zeal. I think it's in Isaiah 59. It talks about the zeal of the Lord is his mantle. It's his cloak. It's his protection. There is something in the passion, the zeal, the fire that burns within God for his purpose that also protects him. There is something in the passion of Jesus for you that protects him from everything that wants to stop you being able to get blessed. There are things within the passion, the zeal, the energy of the Holy Spirit that nothing can stand in the face of. In other words, what God has decided for you, God will make happen. And nothing will stop it. What God has planned for you, nothing is going to stop it happening. What God has is in his heart for you, not even you is going to stop it. The Bible says that nothing, say nothing. nothing. What does nothing mean? Nothing. Totally. Nothing in heaven or on earth or below the earth will ever separate you from the love of God. That's a big lot of nothing. Come on. That's the zeal of the love of God for you. 
He went through hell so that you wouldn't have to. He went through the fire so that he could give you the fire. He went through the grave so that you wouldn't stay in the grave. He went through the tomb so that you would only be in it for a moment. The zeal of the Lord Almighty does this. It's his passion for you. This is more than just, give us a kiss. This is more than just, yes, Lord, today, but maybe not tomorrow. God is saying no every day. Every day I love you. Every day I've got a plan for you. Every day I've got a purpose for you. Every day I am with you. All you've got to do is live with me. Every day I've got a purpose for you. All you need to do is say, yeah, is this what you want me to do? Every day. Come on. This is the zeal of the Lord. There's a battle cry. He's a champion. Jesus is the undefeated champion of the whole universe. He's never known defeat, never tasted it. Never stayed with it. He doesn't have a cabinet with all his failures on it. The Bible actually says that you are in the cabinet as a trophy of grace. You are. So however you're feeling right now, live above them. Because your feelings won't say what God is saying necessarily. Sometimes they do, sometimes they do not. What's the difference? Not. Sometimes you are like that. Sometimes you are not like that. What's the difference? Not. Has God changed anything? No, we've put a not in it. That's true, isn't it? So you might be feeling like, yeah, that's okay for everybody else, but not me. Kick the not out. I know God can use them, but not me. Kick it out. I was going to say, get it knotted. But you know what I mean. Let's all stand up, shall we? Because if I start going on any longer, I'm going to preach. And then we'll be here a long time. <laughs> I'm totally convinced and convicted. I can't, I can't make you decide what you're going to decide in your own heart. All I can do is make it really hard not to make the right decision. But I can't make you make your decision. It's your life. You're responsible for it. Like we are reminded about the, the whole impact reminder. Prayer meeting, week on Wednesday in here. It's going to be passionate. It's going to be purposeful. How many of you know that it's only a praying church that changes a sin-filled town? That's it. It's only a praying people. That will change our society. Whatever government, whatever happens on the 31st of January, it's still God that's going to change this nation. Just close your eyes a minute. It doesn't go dark, but that's fine. Because there are some things that maybe you just want to respond to right now. I have no idea. All I know is, is that everybody here, we've got another step we can take. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more next week in detail, but everybody can. We've all got a next step. Your next step might be, actually, I don't know whether I've given my life to Jesus or not yet. And maybe I should. Maybe I can. Maybe I sh ought to. Well, if that's your next step, you can take that this morning. Well, you can know that God lives in you and your life is now hidden with him. That You can just know. You can just know all these things that you've heard are true for you. They're not true about you. They're true for you. So maybe your next step is give your life to Jesus. And if you come up after this, I'll help you to do that. And I'd love to introduce you to Jesus who loved you. He died for you to take all of your wrongdoing, all of your sin, the Bible calls it, so that you could live with God forever and not without him. 
it may be that your next step is you, okay, I just need to have a bit of a check with my mask then. Is my mask right? Do I actually believe that the Bible is God's word and do I, do I want to live like it? Do I want to put my trust in it without becoming some religious nut? Because nobody can live the Bible without the Bible writer's help. <laughs> just impossible. Otherwise, you just beat each other up with the Bible all the time. Rather than saying, if you want to read the Bible, look at my life. This is what Jesus said. If you want to read the Bible, look at my life. If you want to know what God looks like, look at my life. God wants you and me to be able to say that with, with integrity. If you want to know what the Bible talks about love, look at how I love you. If you want to know what unforgiveness looks like, look how I, how I am. Do you understand that? Without being prideful about it, because we can't do this without God's help. So maybe giving your life to Jesus is your next step. Maybe just checking out, okay, I am who God says I am then. And I have what God says I have, and I can do what God says I can do. Maybe I've just got to realign some thinking. I have no idea. Maybe you've already done that, but maybe you haven't received the, the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't know. You'll know that. That you just feel this energy within you, which is beyond your feeling, beyond your emotion, beyond your reason. It's, the power is the presence of God. Jesus says, I, one, of, one of the names for Jesus is, they used to call him the anointer. What does that mean? It means he pours out. He pours out. He pours out what? He pours out himself. And maybe he just wants to pour himself out afresh on you with his power, with his presence. To, to remobilize you maybe on the inside. Maybe you're just feeling a bit weary, a bit worn out, a bit tired. Well, the Spirit wants to revive you. Revive means he wants to put it back how it was. He wants to revive you. Maybe your passion for the Bible, for praying, for just being with God, for just being with other Christians, being with other non-Christians. Maybe you just lost it. Maybe it's been beaten out of you. In which case, maybe forgive some people first or whatever. But maybe you just need to receive the Holy Spirit as the next step. Or maybe you've done all of that. It's just like the inside of you is, okay, what can I do? Where can I go? Well, maybe for you, you just need to step into the deep. Because where we're going is not the same as where we've been. Everybody, everybody, everybody is on an adventure. Everybody's on an adventure. I have no idea how we're going to do what we're going to do. All I know is it's out there and not knowing isn't going to stop me. Not knowing isn't going to stop me. Because part of it is finding out how God does it on the journey. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.